Hey there, thank you so much for listening to Something Super Spiritual. My name is Jeffrey Peck, and I am a psychic medium. If you are seeking conversation with loved ones on the other side, or discussion about spirituality, life after life, and anything in between, join me as we discuss all things spirit. We are collectively experiencing a spiritual awakening right now and recognizing that we are much, much more than we once believed. We don't die and life doesn't end. We are eternal spiritual beings living in this crazy 3D virtual world of existence. Let's talk about it. Hey guys, in today's episode number nine, all the way from Australia, we have the very special Tony Riley with us, and it is an incredibly fascinating conversation about past life regression and the healing that takes place when exploring that which you may have lived in the past and brought forth and have are experiencing challenges with. Uh, it's very interesting. But before I get into that, I do want to take a moment to say thank you, a huge thank you to those who have reached out to let me know what you think about the show and how it's affecting you and your life and your spiritual awareness. These emails mean the absolute world to me. And Stephanie G., Thank you so much for your kind email and your words of encouragement. Stephanie told me in her email, she says, quote, You will probably never know how many people you're actually helping and affecting. If you are having fun and enjoying the creative process of podcasting, let that continue to fuel you and the universe will take care of the rest. Stephanie, your wise words struck a huge chord within myself. And yes, I am going to keep going, keep going, keep going. And thank you again. And guys, you know what else would totally help? If you would go to wherever you receive your podcasts, go to the ratings and reviews. If you could slap in a five-star rating and a glowing review, that would totally help get a little bit more visibility out there in the world of the internet. Thank you guys for doing that. Thank you all of you who've already left amazing ratings and reviews. It just absolutely inspires me. Okay, now back to Tony. So Tony Riley is Australia's number one internationally recognized past life specialist. She's a best-selling author and the founder of the Tony Riley Institute and the creator of the Soul Life Coaching programs, training, and resources. She certifies progressive intuitive therapists through the Soul Life Coach Diploma, which is the next step in the evolution of a new paradigm for psychology, supporting our more feeling generations. Ooh, I like that. In 2008, Tony trained with renowned psychiatrist Dr. Brian Weiss in New York, where she built on her deep understanding of the regression technique and unique methods of application. Tony explored mediumship and the intuitive development at the prestigious Arthur Finley College in the UK. This world-class training, her extensive experience along with her modern approach to personal development and intuitive training for everyday people makes her one of the most sought-after intuitive teachers. As the founder of the Tony Riley Institute, she delivers programs, seminars, and training to all audiences across Australia and internationally in Denmark, the USA, India, and the UK. Tony Riley, thank you so much for being here with me on Something Super Spiritual, the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm just very excited to be on your podcast, Jeffrey. So, Tony, you have such an amazing history and so much to talk about. So let's start at the beginning. When for you 
did you start to experience the spiritual senses, the psychic senses, the mediumship? Like, did, were you in the crib experiencing this or did it happen with you later in life? For me, it, I was in my 30s, in my mid-30s before I became really awakened to it. Um, prior to that, uh, I really didn't think about it much. Life was pretty busy and mainstream. So, um, yeah, I didn't really realise it existed in me until in my 30s. So I was a late starter. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but I think, I guess on reflection, I do remember in my bedroom, I used to sleep in a room with my sister and there were, um, I could see weird, I'm going to say, images with my eyes open. <laughs> yeah, okay. But um, I guess just energies, it, we, we know, we know now. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't really make any association with it then. When you saw these images with your physical eyes, did you see like wisps of smoke or did you see colors or yeah. did you see apparitions of of spirit or all of the above? <laughs> I, I, I guess if I think about it, do you know I've never really um, put this together un until now, but it was wispy and grey, and predominantly it would be the etchings, if you like, of faces. Interesting. Oh, see, that's just fascinating to me because I haven't experienced anything with my physical eyes, you know? It's, <gasps> it's um, yeah. And, Jeffrey, you know what? I, I have to tell you this because I'm so excited that it happened. It's only ever happened twice to me and only recently, like in the last 12 oh. or 18 months. Ooh, detail, detail. Two times. Yes, two times. One time I was staying at my friend's place and in the middle of the night I woke up and there was a, a, a young man standing at my bed and I could see him almost as clear as this, almost. Wow. But because, because I hadn't seen like that ever before, I immediately reached out and, of course, he disappeared. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I remember what he was wearing, could see. And then another time. Even more recently, just a couple of months ago, I was um, sleeping and my daughter was staying in the next room and I, I felt her there. So I thought she was standing by my bed. So I opened my eyes and it wasn't her, but this girl leaned over to me and looked down at me in bed and I literally went, <gasps> because she looked almost as clear as this. Wow. But it was gone in a second. It a split second, it was gone. Did you but, feel um, anything? Did you feel anything about them? Like no. their, their emotions, their their personality, their... I couldn't. And the, the strange thing is, of course, like you have had a lot of training, mm -hmm. but it was like, come on, give me something. Oh, what, wow. what, what do you want? I couldn't recognise them either. There were not people I recognised. In fact, they weren't from now. They weren't from past lives, but, um, yeah, not from now. So um, it would have been, I, I guess, mediumship of someone that I wasn't familiar with. But, yeah, I couldn't get anything. I, I know that we usually could sense who they were or uh, what they wanted. Did they have a message? But 
I think it might have been just a little tap for me that I could see with my open eyes. Yeah. And and maybe that's the direction it's going. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) Well, and and Jeffrey, you know, something that's interesting is my mom, uh, she's not uh, actively doing this, not even close to actively doing it, but she, people would come to her bed. Like, and she would always say, so, you know, someone came last night and she would see them, but they didn't mean much to her. They weren't people that she recognized. I'm like, oh, it's happening to me now. Oh, so, so this is travels through your generations. Yeah. How about your kids? Yeah. So my, I've got three. Um, They're all super intuitive. And uh, my youngest one is very involved in the work that we do, and she's very, we call her a magician, very energetic wow. and very, um, yeah, awake, I guess. And all, But I think something that will really escalate her is to go to college, to go to Arthur Finley College. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think that, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm so excited that you were there. I know I think that the basis of that training is just the best. Oh, it's everything. It's, it's yeah. absolutely everything. So, so you guys, Tony is one of the other mediums in the book, along with me, that Carrie Alderucci wrote called Demystifying Mediumship. We talked about this yeah. with Carrie in episode yeah. three. And in it, we talk a lot about our experiences growing up, our path, our journey to, towards mediumship. And Arthur Finley was was enormous for, for all of us that, that made it there, you know? And, um, so, so let's go back then to, to in your thirties, the origin of your spiritual awakening. When you, when you started to recognize there's more. Yeah. So this, the story goes like this in my twenties, I had a couple of really close friends. I still have them. And so we we became interested in getting a reading. So about once a year, we would get together and go and have a reading together. So I I suppose I was a believer, was always a believer, and my mom used to talk about um, uh, ghosty things, you know, happening in the house, never never fear. She was never afraid of anything. Anyway, in those readings over time, they no, almost every time I had one, they would say, Oh, you can do this. And I was like, I will almost roll my eyes. Um, just because I thought it was phenomenal what they could do. And uh I did not have any clue of what these senses meant or how it all worked. So what happened around in my 30s, I became, I left my marriage actually. It was catalyst in the lead up to that all this sort of um getting to know myself emotional turmoil and soul searching but the the thing that the thing that struck me the most was that they had these people had been saying to me all these readers you can do this so I became obsessed with why if I'm intuitive don't I know about it so the whole um, journey began and I I literally 
I mean, I guess now, of course, I know everything's serendipitous and it's lined up and it's, you know, going to play out. But I found a meditation teacher because the reader told me that's what I had to do when I asked him, uh, how come I don't know I have this? So when I started to meditate, um, do you know, actually, when I found the meditation teacher, I never even knew that people meditated. I had no idea. I thought the monks meditated. Right. That was my only knowledge of it. Right. But, yeah. So, anyway, I found this everyday lady. I don't know how else to describe it. And um, started meditating in her lounge room with a few other ladies. And I could see. I could see it here as we were meditating. And the most phenomenal things used to happen then uh, when I first started. And I would get all these. Oh, I, I think they were actually self-awareness. Uh, messages for me but Mm -hmm. they were very vivid so I could see and I could feel and it was emotional and all of these things so that was it and and from there I I just was obsessed with it actually I couldn't I couldn't get enough of it and um life was just whole wholly and solely different from then that's beautiful and I I totally get that I mean that was (laughs) similar with me you know, after I became attuned to the Reiki and I was doing my 30 days every day, giving my, myself a Reiki treatment, that's when it all blew up for me. And I was, same thing, I'm, I'm getting all these visions and feelings and seeing this, um, the kaleidoscope of color behind my eyelids, you know, with my eyes closed and yes, all of this, all of this happening. And oh yeah, it's really, um, it's a really special time when you start to open up and experience all of this newness you know, which I suppose ultimately isn't new. We've been around the block quite a few times, right? But it's like rediscovering who we are. And it's just yeah. awesome. It's making me teary. Oh, it, it is. Like, it, it, it was just a really um, extraordinary time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. And I love actually, I know that yours, your coming into this was later similar to mine so it's like it's really exciting yeah yes I was 36 I was 36 so oh I was too oh my gosh yeah Uh, synchronicity (laughs) I mean it's just yeah yeah I I think I think there's more and more of us that are uh waking up midlife you know um yeah and and it it just makes sense with where the world is going you know it just it just makes sense yeah. So, okay. So you start to open up and you start to experience your psychic awareness. You start to experience spirit. How did you make your way into the, the past life regression, the, that therapy with Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss? Um, his, in fact, I got to tell you, back then, 2006-ish, like you said, I was obsessed too. I was reading everything I could get, anything I could get my hands on, you name it. I was... I was going to every workshop, every course, every, I lived near Sedona. So I go to Sedona like every, (laughs) every other weekend I was there. So his book, Many Lives, Many Masters was so intriguing to me. And part of my own personal therapy was I would see a hypnotherapist every week rather than a traditional therapist, counseling, psychologist kind of therapy. I was going to the hypnotherapist. She too studied with Dr. Brian Weiss. So I've had my own experiences with it. And I'd like to hear how, what synchronicities lined up for you, nudging you in the direction 
Jeffrey, this is my favourite thing to talk about um, because it was so profound for me. But this lady that I found to meditate with, she said to me one day, or one evening after we meditated, you need to read this book. I'm like, and I never questioned anything then. It was just like, oh, yeah, what's its name? And it was Many Lives, Many Masters. I don't even think that she told me what it was about, but she told me I need to get the book. And it took me many weeks to find it because <laughs> it was all pretty mainstream, well, in my world, actually. But uh, I found it maybe three weeks later and I opened it and I went to have a coffee to read it. I read at least half of it. And some time just went past. And I remember thinking, oh, this is what I'm here to do. Do you know, I never really um, thought about that that much. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I was reading that. It resonated so strongly with me. And so I went home, finished the book, and I got Mary was my meditation teacher's name, and I went to her and I said, actually, as I was reading, I'm thinking, I have to go and have one of these done. I'll have to go to America to have it done. And um, never occurred to me that. Brian, of course, wasn't doing anything like that anymore. But um, I I went back to Mary and I said, oh, I, I need to have this done. And she said, oh, I can do this for you, past life regression. So I went on her couch and, um, and to be honest, Jeffrey, I didn't realise that I had any messiness. I, I didn't know, not until I started meditating. I didn't realise what issues were or insecurities. It just... It never occurred to me, but it seemed I actually was really fucked up. <laughs> and um, and my self-worth was low. Mm -hmm. Just um, so anyway, in the course of, of um, having regression, it's like, well, you know, what do you want to address? And I, I thought, well, I have this weird phobia thing where I can't bear for people to read what I've written can't stand them looking over my shoulder. I went through school, um, couldn't stand it. It never occurred to me that it was um, an issue, <laughs> but it was a big issue. Yeah. And um, I also could not speak in front of people and um, I would feel like I was going to faint. So, uh, yeah, it was terrible. And, and I think it's a case for a lot of people actually. And the other thing I asked, so I asked about this writing thing. I asked about speaking in public or speaking in front of anyone, really, and I asked about why, if I'm intuitive, didn't I know this or don't I know it? Um, so those were my three things. And I'm on the couch. All of them were regressed, uh, addressed, addressed through mm -hmm. the regression. But I saw in that regression I saw three lives. And the moment that I could see in my mind, of course, in my third eye, Nobody from that point forward could ever tell me that I made that up. <laughs> I, I can't possibly have made it up. Mm -hmm. um, and I I knew. And, I, of course, I got all emotional as well. And um, it was just real. And I knew it was me. And, of course, the most magical thing was it addressed my issues, all of them. Wow. So, of course, you don't know in the moment when, a writing thing is an issue. You have to go back into life and see if it's worked, but it it worked. And, of course, now I know that I needed to be able to do those things, speak in front of people and 
right because my work and my life just took on that direction Mm -hmm. from that moment forward. So, yeah, it was just... It was just pure magic. I do not know how else to explain it. And also from there, I remember after having it done, being in awe, really, and I said to Mary again, I have to learn this. Again, I'm thinking I'm going over to learn this to the States. And she said, oh, I'm having a class in my, um, I'm having a class this weekend. (laughs) So um, I got to learn it in her lounge room. And from there, I just did two days, two days training, where basically it was very unstructured. There were, I I can't remember if there was three or four others in there, and it would be one person's on the couch and she'd regress them and we'd all watch. And then it would be the next one, the next one. So, So that's how I learned, literally observing. And then I started to work with people doing that. And, and also I was reading as well. It all kind of took off. And, uh, yeah, that's the big story. And maybe a year later I went to train with Brian Weiss. Okay. Yeah. So after that weekend you started taking clients and started doing their yeah. own healing regressions. Yes. The reason that I had that capacity or that opportunity is that I had started working in a like a crystal shop or a new age shop. And I was doing readings there using tarot cards. And um, because I was in that little shop and I'd learned regression, there there were people who would come in interested already in past lives. So, um, yeah, I would would regress them for a, a low fee. And from that moment, from the very first one, I kept all of my notes and researched it. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so so you worked with clients for the next year and then you got to see Brian Weiss. You got to hang out with him. Yes. And yeah. in, in, in one of his workshops, is that right? Yes, at Omega in uh York. upper mm-hmm. New York. New York. Yeah. 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 So what was that like then? How how did that change or shift you how, what you were doing? Well, actually, after being there, which I loved being there because he's just extraordinary, but I I remember thinking, oh, I already can do this well. And it's slightly different because he's clinically trained. Yes. but, But in his training, he does it his way, demonstrates, and then his wife does it her way, which is a bit much more... Um, maybe in line with the way that I w- was taught to do it. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I I, I gained from it, that um, it was already a really gentle way to work. And it worked. It worked. So I really didn't change much, if anything, because the way that I was working worked. <laughs> Excellent. And what, yeah. year, what year was this that you were with? 2008. Oh, it was 2008. Okay. So you come back from Omega after being with Brian Weiss and then what synchronicities happened that led you to create your institute? So one of the things that I noticed was a lot in the training, he regresses a whole group and there's 120 people in that training. So it's, it's not intimate, but um, 
of course then I realised that, oh, it's it's actually okay to regress a whole group and everyone's open and like-minded. So I thought why not help a lot of people at once? But also it occurred to me that not just from the Brian Weiss training but from the lady who taught me, there was nothing um, formatted and certainly not available in our country. So I thought I've got to start teaching this. It's all, I think it's all guided and I, I followed agree. it like, I a, totally like a bit of a psycho. I just couldn't <laughs> <Yep>. stop. <laughs> and, you know, I think I already knew in a way, and I would have already at least subconsciously known because even when I was at training with Brian Weiss, um, it became obvious that he was going to regress a couple of people in front of everyone. He did one person. And I, it might not seem it. I'm not really shy, but definitely don't want to be up in front of anyone. But, of course, I have my regression, so I can now. It's like, shut that girl up. Um, <laughs> but I, I went up and said, can, can you regress me? I wanted to be regressed on stage. Or I wanted to be regressed by him, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And anyway, he, he, he tested my eye roll and things that they do in hypnosis. And, yeah, so I got regressed up on stage by him. Wow. <laughs> And I suppose in a way I got to talk about that a bit in my training. So it all, it all helped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that you could regress. I mean, a a huge room of people. It's different to training them to do regression, but you're giving them an experience. You can't, it's a bit different to facilitating it in that um, you can only guide them so far. Um, and then, well, the way that I like to do it is to guide them in and then I've explained to them before what to what to do if they want to ask anything to move themselves around this kind of thing. Um, and in the group, away they go. And I actually think the group is powerful in that all the energy is together and the intention is there from everyone that they're going to have some sort of past life experience and Almost, if not everyone does. Um, in in my little workshops where I would do it, I used to do it twice. So we'd guide them in twice. Just if if someone struggled the first time, uh, then they would usually go in the second time. But almost, it, it was really high percentage of people experience something, and then they talk about it. It's really cool. That's wonderful. Yeah. So the Tony Riley Institute is born. Um, tell yes. us a little bit more about the Institute and what it is that you offer, the services. I know you're, uh, it's a pretty, you're a pretty big deal in Australia. <laughs> so, so yeah, talk about your Institute. Well, the Institute, I, I did start that after I had been to America for the training. Um, and And initially, well, I wanted to teach people to be past life therapists because I could see the power in it and the the miraculous results it achieved. And that was always my passion with the past life was the therapeutic value behind it. So I wanted to teach that, but also mainly because I had experienced such an incredible awakening from becoming aware of myself that self-awareness to me went hand in hand with this soul searching that happened and becoming aware of our intuition. 
So I wanted to teach all of that as well. So so I did. And uh, I would go to the cities in uh, Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne, actually, mainly. And um, I ended up with, with followings and was able to travel to each of those cities to present workshops and run training courses. And they were all in person then. Uh, and also I would go and see clients when I travel and just it just rolled on. It's yeah. kind of, um, I suppose it, it was magical in itself actually because it was almost like no blocks were there. It was just everything open, the doors open. And I, like I said, I was a little bit psycho in that if I got the idea to phone this person or approach this person, I did. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I never hesitated. I was mm-hmm. very confident with it. So I got to I got to meet extraordinary people. I got to go on tour with Brian Weiss and um I just got to do phenomenal things and I guess it all just played out. Well, you know, it works that way when you are in direct alignment with your soul. Yeah. And yeah. your purpose and your path and oh, it's just yeah. It gives me chills. It just gives me chills. It's beautiful, awesome. isn't it? And I, yeah. I want to go back to um, something you said earlier. You you had mentioned self-awareness again. Yeah. And I have to tell you, my favorite line in Carrie's book, Demystifying Mediumship, is the very last line in your chapter. Self-awareness is the ultimate activism. Oh. <laughs> It's so true. It is so true. And that just really, it just pinged everything in me because, (laughs) because yeah, waking up to the truth, the truth within yourself, the truth within who we are, the, the, the breaking free from those chains that society teaches us and culture and religion and, And yeah, it's just, ah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Within your institute, you have the life map. Yes. Talk a little bit about the life map and what it is and what it does for people and, and, and where it came from. Like you're, 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 you're cruising through, you're doing these regressions, you're teaching people to regress others and spread that out. So where, where did the life map happen? How did that happen? <laughs> so, yes, the therapeutic component was tight and, and done. And then I kind of had to find ways to help people understand themselves, which is the basis of self-awareness, which I find almost impossible to explain to someone what it is because you don't know what it is until until it's happened. Until you know. Yeah. So I think um, the life map came about, it's based on numerology and it's based on Pythagorean numerology, which I knew a tiny bit about. But because I work with so many people doing regression and also doing uh, intuitive work with them and doing all these workshops, you come across a lot of people and they don't hide anything from you because they trust you and they're they're also soul-searching. So you really get to study people 
at the core of their being. So through all of my observations, I, well, I realised that it all, well, our lives are, I, I believe they're outlined before we come. All of that's from not just the past lives, but the exploration that comes from doing the regression process. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to help people understand why they're here. And the life map was part of the first step to self-awareness, which I think is seeing your inherent qualities, your innate characteristics, and you, the nuances about you and also your insecurities and that we all have them. Not one single person is on totally. the planet that doesn't totally. have them. Mm-hmm. And I think when you become aware of that, starting with the good bits about yourself, because I think a lot of people need a boost at first because you often just don't realise those things about themselves anymore and it boosts them up. So the life map is to point out those things to them and then also, and then it's to wheedle the way in to start realising that you can maybe not even rid yourself of your insecurities but understand them, understand why they're there and how they drive us and how they permeate in our lives and what we do and how we behave, those kinds of things. So that was what the life map was written for. And Jeffrey, it took me years. It took I'm a couple sure. of years to write it. Oh my gosh, I'm sure. <laughs> I love the numerology. I'm 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 right there with you. And uh would you explain just just bullet points um uh, for those who may not understand or really know much about numerology? So, like what what does it actually mean? Like, what do the numbers mean for me? So the it numerology based on our date of birth. It, it's a whole lot deeper than that, but at yes. its base, the date, the numbers within the date of birth that we're born hold energy so that the numbers one to nine each have a meaning or an energy resonance. And then when they're added together or they're on their own within a grid, which I call life map, but it's a grid when the numbers are placed in there, then we can see all sorts of meanings about the person based on their date of birth. Of course, our lives might have different circumstances, Mm -hmm. but at the baseline, that map will outline what we're learning here, what we're experiencing. I like to call it experiencing because the the purpose of learning, I feel like can... um, I, th- I think make people assume that they're not doing well enough and it's like, no, it's just an experience that we're having. Yes, And, yes. of course, we grow. Mm-hmm. We grow through our experiences. But certainly those experiences at the baseline or the reason behind them um, is it's the same for each person living a certain life mission. And there's only 12. So there's 12 um, Jeffrey, from memory, you're a one and I'm a five. Okay. So, um, yeah. what, what do the numbers, like, what is the general archetype or meaning of say number one? Okay. So number one in the, in the life map system, we called you the leader and it's because with the energy of this mission, 
they have, you have, this natural charisma that draws people in. And it's it, you can't study it. You can't make yourself be like it. It just is. And what happens with this leader energy is the big thing or the mission in life is to become very confident. So what happens is to people looking at you, you appear so confident that they couldn't possibly comprehend that there's any question. But the reality is inside. Oh, I'm shaking like a leaf. There's a lack of confidence. <laughs> yes. And, but over the course of life, you really get to step into your inherent power which is leader and and um I guess I think with the number one energy the most beautiful thing about it is you know you're actually nurturing other people and if they're if they're in your inner circle your special people then you are just so extraordinarily loyal and wanting to build them up build people up so and I guess when you when you become a medium for example or you're working with people then everyone falls into your um your lap of wanting to nurture them and it's not it's not smothery energy either it's more if something's up let's work out how we can fix it yes so there's even potentially a practical approach to how can we find a solution for this? So your energy is never one to be dwelling. Um, some, of, some of the other ones are more so like that, but number one, so no, let's, let's work it out. And mm-hmm. uh, it's really beautiful. So leadership energy and also by nature. So inherently you can talk to people and you treat people all the same. So it doesn't matter if they're the president or um, somebody living on the street. They're all the same to you. There's people. So there's a very big um, acceptance in that. And people feel it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So So there's heaps more to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like uh, uh, you said you're a five. What's a five? A five. Okay. So five's in the middle of the numbers and it's a bit of a... um, it's it's an energy that can adapt to whomever they're around. Uh, so I guess there's a there's a positive in that. There's an extraordinary positive in it, but there's also um, the challenge in it would be that it becomes a bit of a people pleasing energy and knowing knowing when then there ought to be boundaries. But at the real positive of it, uh, it's also a, a chatty number. It's a communicating number. So as as is one, and we go, we we go together. Our energy, so the communication would be extraordinary. But with a five, the issue will be that communicating your deep feelings. And I don't, I don't mean I love you. Saying that, it's more about communicating your deep needs. <laughs> Do your partner usually is so hard. It's it's it can be really difficult. Okay. So yeah, so obviously outwardly with a five, they would look like. They will never have any trouble talking about something. Um, but if it's with someone where there might be repercussions, then um, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but five basically very um, interested in people, it's all about people. And, and I didn't realise that at first, but it, it explains my obsession with them. I wanted to know 
how they operate, how do they tick, why do we do what we do. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so so how about an eight? Let's say an eight. What's an eight? Okay, an eight in my system or in the life map system, we call the eights authoritarian because the eight people are, look, they're basically extraordinary and they're extremely powerful because they have naturally a cleverness as well as an intuitiveness that can be overpowering. So if they can um, work out their inherent power and put it to good use, then there's no stopping them. We call them the rulers of the world, actually, because it's really powerful. And also, I didn't make this up, but uh, Sarah Yip, who's an Australian numerologist, she says, she said this to me and I thought, I'm never forgetting this. You can't lose with an eight behind you and you can't win with an eight in front of you. Because so if they see you as a um, competition, they are gonna they're gonna achieve it and they're gonna win. But if they're supporting you, you can't lose. Right. So it's really special energy. So an eight, and we call them the authoritarian just because they have the capacity to continue with their goals. It, if it takes a lifetime, they will keep going at it, but so they don't give up and they're not wishy-washy. So they'll keep just keep at it. And that's why they can achieve amazing things. Whatever they set so their mind energy on. Is really cool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they're also nurturing. So it's it's a it's a really nice energy. <laughs> you know, I can see how this would be so beneficial for somebody yeah. to understand about themselves within themselves. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, what you said about my number resonates, you know, on my insides and um, yeah, the numerology is just, it's fascinating. I love how you have incorporated this into your work. Jeffrey, I was going to say on the helping people side, it also, as we study ourselves, we naturally want to check out our partner and our children if we have them, check out people around us. And what you come to learn is there's things about themselves and ourselves that can't be changed. They're, we're wired. Some things we can change, but our inherent character we cannot and our nurtured or natured aspects, we can't change them. So you come to accept it in yourself and embrace it. Likewise with the people around us. So you end up realising, I can't change that person or they're never going to be able to resonate with me the way I want. So you you can end up just arranging your life a bit, a bit sure. with, with who with the energies that you're also uh, around. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. It builds tolerance, I think. Mm-hmm. It builds tolerance. And uh, empathy. I was just going to say empathy. Yeah, it really builds yeah. empathy when you can really look at somebody and yeah. go, ah, I understand you more. I get you, yeah. you know? Exactly. Yeah. Whereas before it might have, you know, driven you crazy. You know, it might have just driven exactly. you absolutely off the walls. <laughs> um, but then, yeah. you know, knowing that that this is their inherent wiring, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. okay. You know, now I can like step back and not be so judgy or so triggered or so, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, that's really, that's awesome. Taking them personally. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Very good. 
I wanted to ask you, um, you know, because you're a medium as well, when you are doing the regressions and you're, yes. you're, you're um, bringing through past life experiences that are meant to be um, bring awareness and healing to whatever they're feeling or struggling with in life today. Yeah. What then with all of this vast experience you have, what do you, what do you believe happens after we pass and, and where do we go? And then what happens over there when we're processing life and making decisions to come back around? What, how do you see it? How do you experience it? It's a big question. If I give it to you, this is in a, in a nutshell, mm -hmm. in a nutshell, we, when the, when the soul leaves the body, when, when we die, mm -hmm. that's our soul. It's straight back into the collective energy in, in a way, back into the collective energy and there's no retribution for what we did here because we are we're humans when we're here when we leave the body we are back to soul energy which how I try and explain it is people think they're here to be enlightened and it's like oh actually we're already that our soul is already yes. that when we're here we're here to have a human experience so basically when we leave our body we're back to that enlightened energy that our soul is and i think with the reincarnation mm -hmm. it's um it's it's agreed so there is a plan and it's agreed and we just i guess we are coming back knowing actually on a soul level we know what we're going to be doing next time what what we're you know who our parents are going to be, what what we're going to experience, and what we're contributing to humanity, yeah. or um, you know who we're poking, all of those things. And I think because we know that before we're born, and of course we forget it. When people regress, what's actually happening is they're communicating directly with their soul. So that's why the healing is so profound for them because it doesn't come from the facilitator. It doesn't even come from them. It comes from their soul energy who knew exactly what they were going to do here while they were alive. And that's why the message that they get and what they're shown makes such sense to them. So um, that's, that's why it's so extraordinary. But I think from a mediumship perspective, I've heard um, over the years a lot of people talk about, oh, I can't, the medium said my person can't come through because they've reincarnated. But it's not like that because the soul energy is, it's omnipresent and it's limitless. So um, to try and give an example, I'm my, my spirit is Tony right now, but when I die, and even after I've reincarnated, the Tony energy will still be able to come through a medium yes. or direct to the persons who are still living. Yes. So it doesn't disappear. No. I think the soul energy remembers all of the, the people that we were, the spirits that we were while we were alive. So it never really disappears. Agreed. And, yeah, so 
Um, yes, this is so interesting, but that's what you find when you work with this regression. It's really a lot of the death seems the most important area. And it's always the person in, in the regression knows that almost always anyway, they know that it's time and they're, they're going. So there's no, I think, I know that this isn't necessarily comforting to a lot of people unless they feel like this is true anyway, but nothing's, nothing is by chance and nothing's by accident. It's all playing out to a, a, a universal plan that, that we're part of. Sure. So where in that then lies free will? <gasps> oh, Jeffrey, you just asked me about free will. <laughs> so... <laughs> This is something that I really have a different perspective on to most people and it is from these 20-odd years of uh, researching and exploring and observing what happens up there and my own trips up Mm -hmm. there. But I really believe that our lives are outlined and no matter what decision we make or don't make, it was always going to be that. But the experience that we had of procrastination or what if I what if I made that decision? What if I stayed with that person? What if what if things went differently? Well, they never were going to go differently. But our experience is that we experience procrastination or regret, which are part of the human experience. Um, yeah, so basically it's not for us to, to say, oh, pff, we can do whatever we want because because as people we are, our will's there to help us, I think, to navigate life. We need it. It gives us our logic and our common sense and, and a means to navigate life as a human. But really I think our free will, we think we've got free will and we need to because we're people. Sure. But I really feel like it's it's destined it's written and it's why we can as psychics or with our own intuition have ideas and thoughts about what's going to happen to us and this almost goes with the manifestation that a lot of people talk about but I feel like and I've felt like this for a really long time now is that we are not manifesting what happens. We're remembering what was going to happen. Ooh. And then we, yeah, that's what, that's how I see that's it. That's a different so perspective. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Whereas I, and I think when people start to, if we talk about manifesting, which is to do with free will as well, because our mind's going, well, I want this to happen. But if it's not part of the plan, it's not going to happen. So it's almost like if we can chill out and allow, which is very difficult, mm-hmm. and and trust, trust, trust when shitty things happen. Totally. There was a purpose to them. And trust when amazing things happen. It it was it was meant to be as well. So it's almost like if you can get in this in this mindset of allowing, which is a bit of if it's meant to be, it will be, which I know pisses some people off. Mm-hmm. But um, but I feel like when we reach that peaceful point and that contentment in life, then nothing feels, we don't really feel a victim of anything. And you come to a place of neutrality. We can suddenly see the deeper meaning. 
Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, free will, I think we think we have it, but it's kind of, it's just playing out with our plans. So free will is an illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's one one way to put it. (laughs) (laughs) That's rich. It's um, it's all just so, I find it just so exciting. It is exciting. You know, it really is. Yeah. You know, and when you were talking about reincarnation, you know, the way I see it, the soul, I look at the soul like a computer hard drive and all of our lives are different files within that hard drive. So that personality, that person is still part of our soul. It's still part of us. It's still part of the whole. And I, yeah, so that, that, aspect of our soul is always there yeah yeah it's yes that's right it's never lost it's it's always there Mm -hmm. exactly i love your analogy of it (laughs) like a hard drive with the sections just yeah 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 yeah. little files (laughs) all of them who inspires you who inspires me to be honest anyone who's open who you can have a conversation with and who's not too rigidly closed mind. I can be inspired by their openness and willingness to um, be open to perceiving new things. And sharing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What would you like to impart a last bit of wisdom with our listeners? I feel like um, the greatest gift that we can give to ourselves is to realize our positive traits and make friends with what we and maybe others perceive as negative traits because they're not really they can be harnessed and they make us who we are so I feel like please get to know yourself and do you can do it with astrology or numerology even with personality tests get to like who you are and then you can just start to feel a lot more peaceful about your life and even those around you. It's beautiful. And I think, Jeffrey, self-awareness is the ultimate activism because I think when we know ourselves and we realise that other people also, they might be different to us and it's the way that they are, then we stop telling them what to do or forcing them to be who we want them to be and that's or to do what we want them to do. It's like, that's activism. Don't, not telling people what to do. Like, yeah. oh, they're just doing what they need to. So self-awareness, the ultimate activism. It's beautiful. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, where can people find you? Where can people find you, reach out to you? Do you have any events, any um, courses, classes you would like to tell everybody about? Oh, I'd love to. Um my website is tonyreillyinstitute.com and my email is tony at tonyreillyinstitute.com. But I have, I do teach past life regression and in various ways online. And I'm actually having a live class here in Brisbane uh, next month. Also, my big thing is the Soul Life Coaching Diploma, which I call a new paradigm in psychology. So we learn past life regression therapy and counseling and intuition building and the life map, all of these things that create, I think, a really diverse form of therapy. But it's not even therapy, it's just life. Yeah. It's beautiful. So that I do that once a year 
in uh, starts in January next year. So if anyone's interested, I can send them a brochure or you can look on the website, find out about it. How long, what is the time frame for that, that course? The, so, the Soul Life Coaching Diploma is a year and we do live class. It's on Zoom. Excellent. So you can do it from anywhere in the world, um, but a live class each week um, so that we can practice. I feel like learning it's because it works for me to practice rather than reading statistics or um, even hearing theories. It's like, let's just do it. So we do a lot of practice and a lot of bonding happens with uh, the group that you end up with because we're basically, we're getting self-aware while we learn to help others become self-aware and work with themselves, work with their stuff. So a year, yeah. Is a regression possible on Zoom? Yes. Yes. I think um, personally I preferred in person. Uh, Just I just love the energies. But when we were forced to use Zoom, it it worked the same. It it truly, it works the same. So, and I guess what we know as mediums is energy doesn't have any boundaries. So it works. Yeah. Oh, Tony Riley, I love you to smithereens. I'm so (laughs) happy to have had this time with you. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's been an absolute delight talking with you. Thank you again for listening to the Something Super Spiritual Podcast. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please do share it with a friend. For show notes, links, and to purchase a mediumship reading, my website is somethingsuperspiritual.com. You can also easily subscribe and follow the show on your favorite app, sign up for my newsletter for bonus content, and to keep the conversation going, you can easily join the Facebook community. It's all right there at the website, somethingsuperspiritual.com. Signing off for now, namaste. Namaste.